It's time for building the game. Building the game with Jason and friends. Tabletop game design. The the end of the episode that's when it technically ends hello and welcome to building the game a documentary podcast today is monday february 24th and this is episode 404 it's like an error like most of our episodes oh yeah I got, i'm with yeah, you i'm yeah, with you yeah. now it's an internet joke <laughs> thanks for the internet thanks for the internet jokes y'all got jokes so I'm here with Jason Katarski. It's a little Jason and Jason action here. We yeah. Are, we are at the Casa de Katarski. It's exciting. It's a good place to be. In the basement. Toes are a little cold at this particular moment, but we're going we're gonna to power through anyway. We're going to make it. It's good, good. So uh, I wish I would have remembered to turn on my lava lamp, though. Like, set the mood. Yeah, yeah. This is a, um, this is a nostalgia-filled room that we're in. And when I say <laughs> nostalgia-filled room, I mean, like, he has, like, you know... VHS tapes everywhere, uh, cassette tapes, um, yeah. Wrestling figures. Wrestling figures. An original Series 1 Madball. Do you remember Madballs? Yeah. yeah. Wow, Series 1, look at you. Yeah, yeah. Why does the one wrestler have an axe? That um, can't that's be the new. That's the new, um, it's a mashup uh, between He-Man, Masters of the Universe, and... WWE. So he, uh, John Cena, there is dressed as He Man. What an obvious mashup to make. Right, right, absolutely. That's what. That's when I saw it. I, I couldn't resist. I, I needed, um, I needed to uh, dive in. Uh, luckily, they were on clearance because nobody else understood the mashup either. Yep. So yep. Uh, I hooked that that sweet that, ring and set up for nine dollars. Is that why the other uh, wrestler has uh, big claws? Yeah, that's uh, Triple H. He's got giant claw hands. Okay. Yep. Good times. That seems legal. Yeah. Right. Yep. Totally. Axes. I mean, it's kind of more like ECW than WWE. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know that ECW would allow that. <laughs> well, you know, it was a different time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Whew. So, yeah, here we are recording a podcast. It's some exciting stuff. As promised on the last episode you were on, which feels like forever ago. It does. Uh, I said I would come up here, and lo and behold, I finally did. It took a little longer. Uh, we had Julio fill in last week. Uh, we kind of jumped our order there because, uh, yeah, so that... But it worked out good because Julio had a very timely topic for us to talk about. We talked about... Um, uh, for your, because I know you didn't hear it, because yeah. you don't listen. Why would I do uh, that? That's totally fine. Uh, <laughs> no, we uh, we talked about conventions, uh, making conventions a little cheaper than they normally are. Oh, great. You know, and Julio went through his numbers about how much money he spends on conventions um, and how he saves money and stuff like that on conventions. Yeah, he, like, takes the bus and stuff. He does. He does that's... things that I would not bother to do, but I, it, good for him. You yeah, know? Like, that's awesome. Like, I'm going to take an Uber or I'm going to walk, and he's going to take the bus. Uh, I don't have anything against the bus. Uh, I just have things against me getting lost yep, and that's... taking the wrong bus. <laughs> and Steph and I recently, we went to San Francisco and we took the subway and, uh, wow, or the BART, as they call it, Bay Area Regional oh, Transport or something, yeah. Rail Trans, Bay Area Rail Transport, I think. And you know what? That was really confusing and intimidating. And we figured it out with the help of a really nice San Franciscan lady who was nice enough to tell us what to do. Uh, we just asked her in the awesome. in the station, and she yeah. was amazing. And she showed us the map, taught us how to read it. Um, but it, it's not my thing. I mean, like, I, it's funny because um, an employee that works for my wife, he lives in New York, and so he's like subway all day. Oh you know? yeah. 
And uh, whenever they go somewhere together, he makes fun of her. She's like, let's just take an Uber. He's like, let's just ride the subway. And she's like, when I'm with him, I'll ride the subway because he knows where to go and what to do. Uh, but she's like, when it's just me, like, it's it's just, you know, I mean, we're, we have been like small town folk for our whole lives. Right. So learning how to use the subways, it's not that we couldn't. It's just that we use it so infrequently. That it's, it's hard to commit yes. to learning that skill. Right. Especially when like... The, the downside is, with a subway, if you don't get off at the right time, you can end up a long ways from where you meant to be, and it could be a real big pain to figure out how to get back. Yeah. Um, especially when you're like, you ended up in the wrong place because you can't read the map. So how are you going to get back to the right place when you can't read the map, you know? Right. So anyways... It's good, uh, though. I I love... Lisa lived in Chicago. My wife lived in Chicago, so we I love riding the train. It's so funny that I... That it's, like, the most touristy thing, but I love public transit when I'm out of town. Like, I, I rode the London Underground. We went to England. Nice. And that was cool. And then in Portland, we went a couple years ago. Like, we... we or not a couple years ago. It was our 15th anniversary trip. Uh-huh. And... Uh, people were like, what was your favorite part? And I like felt really embarrassed, but I was like, I really loved uh, riding the bus and the trains. <laughs> because it was like, I felt like by the time we left, I felt like I understood. And like, right. I could have just been one of them. And they had a really great app that told you everything you needed to do. That's cool. You put in the address and it's like, get on this bus. Here's the one that's coming. Here's when it's coming. And then you're going to take it to this train and do that. Awesome. That's cool. Yeah. It's possible the BART had an app and we just yeah. didn't know. Uh, speaking of train trips, I don't think I've talked about this on the show, but this summer we've booked a train ride. I don't think I've told you oh, this either. Oh, I think you maybe mentioned it. Did I? We booked a train ride that goes from Kalamazoo, Michigan. We're going to hop on a train. We're going to take that to the Chicago Union Station. Then we're going to hop on the Empire Builder train. And we're going to ride that. Like the real one that's featured in the game? Empire Builder? Uh, you know there's a game called Empire Builder. I actually have heard of that now. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't. Yeah. Um. I don't know. But so this train is going to take us um from Illinois to Wisconsin to Minnesota to North Dakota to Montana to Washington. Oh, through uh, I think Idaho is in there a little bit, sticking oh, up a little bit there. Yeah. Um, Washington and into Oregon. Gonna drop us off in Portland. Yeah. So you're not getting off until Portland. No, we're gonna. It's two two straight days. Awesome. Uh, like 50 hours on the train. Uh, we have a sleeping compartment. And, no kids? Uh, oh, yeah. Whole family. Oh, the kids going. are coming, too. So we're going to, because Laurel has this dream of going to California oh. for some reason. We don't know why, but she really, really wants to go to California. She wanted to take an airplane there, but that was expensive. Now, granted, I'm going to be honest, uh, this train trip is is not cheap. Uh, <laughs> if you want to know how expensive it is, go look it up yourself, okay. and you'll be like, wow. But... Um, it's a great way to see the country, uh, very quickly. And then we're going to rent an SUV and drive back. Oh, so we're going to get dropped off in Portland, drive down into California, uh, way out of the way to make my daughter happy. Uh, my son's excited too, because, uh, the Redwoods, he really wants to see the Redwoods. Oh yeah. So we're going to take the 101, uh, which is supposed to be like a beautiful drive from Oregon into California. Uh, it's, um... Uh, it's going straight down there, like right on the, uh, Pacific, like it's the Pacific, uh, Pacific coast highway. Yeah. That's what yeah. I think that's what the one one technically is. So we're going to go down there, uh, and then we're going to cut across. We're going to drive through Nevada, through Utah, through, um, uh, Colorado uh-huh. and then Nebraska, Iowa, 
Um, Neil, Iowa, we're going to try and say hey to you if we can. Um, because I'll forget to tell him, but he'll listen to this. <laughs> um, and then after Iowa, what is it? It's uh, Illinois, Indiana, yeah. back home. Yeah. Awesome. So it's like 16 states. Sounds like you're playing a real-life version of Ticket to Ride. Yeah. I'm yeah. into it. So um, it's going to be a uh, two-week trip. So we're super stoked. Um, it's going to be a lot of driving, though. So we're a little nervous about that with the kids. We're, uh, we're actually, my wife and I are like, co-designing an experience for the kids <laughs> um, that will be we're going to get go to the dollar store and get those like mid-size manila envelopes yeah and every day the kids are going to get a manila envelope with a mission in it awesome it's going to have like stickers and a coloring page that has to do with stuff and every day they'll get one and then we're also going to have some backup emergency ones so if days take longer than they should we'll be yes. like hey here's another envelope uh, to try and engage the kids. Like, one of the days we have to drive this long, windy highway through the mountains, and it's going to be boring for the kids, but Steph and I will be really excited. Uh, and it's a pretty easy trek through the mountains. So, if, like, that day the kids are going to get my phone and have to uh, have to navigate us through the mountains, like, using the um, GPS. Awesome. Which they'll be stoked, but Josiah loves doing that. So, that sort of thing, to keep them engaged and really excited about the trip. Uh, but I'm super stoked. I love out West and I love road trips. Uh, and this train trip seems like an awesome deal too. So I'm, we're really excited about doing it. Really excited. Yeah, that sounds really great. That's, that's fantastic. Uh, we're taking our kids to Universal in Orlando oh, this summer. Cause we've been, we've been reading through the Harry Potter books yeah. where by then we'll have finished the whole series. We, Lisa and I went when, when they first opened the first park okay. and spent yep. one day there and that was great. So now we're going to do park to park and we're getting a couple extra days and Lisa's parents have a condo down there in Jupiter. So we'll get to recover at the beach when we're all done. Nice. Yeah. We're, we're so stoked about that it. Sounds so. awesome. Harry Potter world is super Super fun. Yeah. I went three or four years ago um, for a work thing. Like they had an event there. It was we were meeting in Orlando, and then they had an event there uh, at night, and we got a private like hanging out at uh, Harry Potter World. It was super cool. Awesome. Super cool. Um, we uh, we got to uh, drink some butter beer, have some food. Uh, we rode the uh, the Gringotts ride like a million times. It was <laughs> so fun. That's great. Uh, there was another one, too, but I don't know if we rode that. But Oh, it was great. Like We loved it. Super fun. Y'all will have a great time. Yeah. And that was several years ago. I know they've added even more. Right. Yeah, there's like two full parks, and it's going to be great. Yeah, and we, we do a similar thing with gamifying our, our road trips down to Florida, too. Like, we have a binder of stuff that we give out on the hour. Like, we have stuff like wiki sticks, which are these little, like, wax. Like, they're kind of like, uh, what, are they, what are they called? Like, the pipe cleaner type feeling where you bend them and shape make shapes, but you, you can do it, like, on a clipboard. And oh, we have, okay, like, cool. Like, lots of road trip games. We, we went Pinterest crazy and, like, planned out, like, 20 hours worth of stuff for the trip. Yeah, so we might want to hear about that yeah. sometime. Yeah. Yeah, that might great. help us. I a mean, bit. It, it makes the kids look forward to the road trip just as much. They want to know what's happening every hour, and like we engage with stuff around us together, and it gives us a moment to uh, to uh, really kind of like connect with them. And then we throw the headphones on every few hours so they can watch a movie and we can listen to an adult podcast or something. <laughs> right. Yep. We are getting headphones uh, for them, um, and we're gonna have actually two DVD players. We have a little portable one. We're gonna buy a second portable one so they can watch. 
their own movies. Oh, that'll be cool. No fighting, um, eh? Yep. Put the headphones on, watch your own movie, and then we can just have some, you know, peace and quiet, some adult conversation. Or listen to Rancid Out Come the Wolves, like whatever, yes, whatever you, you need know. to. That's our good road trip uh, jam right that there. That would not be my wife's good road trip <laughs> No, jam. it wouldn't. No. It wouldn't. That's too bad. Well, speaking of, like, games and kids and uh, the craziness of having small children around. Yeah. Um... You know, one of the things we love to do with our kids is play games. So, oh, do you, I never play games with my kids. You, you, you really should. I've it, heard it's fun. It helps their cognitive development, Does it? Uh, good relational connections. Right. Um, but hey, let's talk a little bit about making kids games. Uh, just kind of like what makes a good kid game. What, what were some things to avoid when making kids games? Um, I think this topic like is relevant to me as a designer because I lean towards simpler games, filler type stuff, and a lot of that stuff really does work well with kids. Yep. But like even stepping back just a little step further and stripping those down a little more, I think is when you get into making some really cool kids games. Exactly. Yeah. I. I mean, to me, the number one thing about making kids games today, right? Uh, as a designer, it's important to make sure that the kids games give choices right yeah uh, the classic kids games are almost all uh activities as we would describe them on the show where they play themselves right yeah or candy lands that sort of thing um i was talking to somebody about it and they're like yeah we used to play candy land and we kind of quit and i think they said they switched to playing sorry and she's like i know that's probably not much better and i was like no sorry like there are choices there are, you have to decide what you're going to do when you roll the dice you're trying to do specific things i said well it's still random you are given choices of what to do, um, you know, so like, yeah, that's better than, you know, hey, let's just roll the dice and do exactly what it says, or Candyland is the absolute worst. Flipping those cards is incredibly unbalanced uh, yeah. because of the stupid uh, pictures, you can, like the candies you can get right. that will send you like to the end of the map, to the beginning of the map, to the... I take those out when we play now because it's so unfun. Uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Those those uh, can be super irritating to play as adults. Um, they make for fine things, I think, for teaching like taking turns. Yes, you know, and that's and that's about it. Like if if all they have to do is be patient enough to get to roll the die, and rolling dice is fun. Roll a die or flip a card; those things are fun. Um, but you're right. Like adding choice is the first step to like making a decent game, right? Right. Uh, letting them have some agency. Yes. Uh, Even if it's just simple choices. If it's either or, there's nothing wrong with that. Oh, yeah. Know? Totally. Totally. That's enough for my brain most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Choose one of these two options. Oh, that's so much work. So what are a few other like factors you think that make for good, good kids' games? Before we get into naming games and stuff, Like, what are what are like elements you, you think about? Um... I, you know, this is a rule that we use for adult games, but I think it's really important for kids' games as well, and that's that you do things that make them feel clever, right? Um, we've been playing My First Castle Panic, okay, yeah. and the kids are in love with that game, and I believe one of the reasons they love it so much is because it does a great job of making them feel clever, right? They've got several cards they could use. But once they've learned that, oh, I, these certain cards are better than other cards, and it's obvious which cards are better than other cards, right? Right. Based on the symbols. Uh, and so they get so excited when they get to make a power move, right? And they know that that's what they're doing is making a power move, right? And they feel awesome when they stop three bad guys instead of one, right? 
Uh, and it, it's it's no different than an adult game where you um, are able to take a move that feels like you're like it's too good. Like you, oh, am I breaking the rules by doing this right? <laughs> but you're like, man, I'm smart because I thought of this, you know. Yeah. And it was designed likely that way so that you would feel that way. Um, but so I think that's really important in making a good kids game is giving them the opportunity to feel cool, to feel awesome about their decisions. I think that's important. Yeah. How about you? Yeah, I think that's good. Uh, a lot of the games we play, um, you know, like kids have this energy, right? Like where sometimes your life just feels like chaos. So some of the games that we play the most are games that give us a little bit of a sense of that organization to the chaos so the organized chaos games i know you're not crazy about real-time games um but those games like my kids love uh because i think that they have this energy about them and it's and i think it gives you some of that uh those moments that you're talking about with Ca- my first castle panic that that like those aha moments those right. feel good moments right. yep when you can win when you're the first one that that's exhilarating because your heart rate's already up um, like a couple that, that I guess we play in those terms would be, uh, ghost blitz. They absolutely love it. And that teaches them this like logical thinking. You're right. looking for what is missing and you're, or you're looking for what is present and then you're grabbing it. So like it, it connects your right. brain, you know, right. like it really is a brain exercise that like they have gotten so much better at. Yep. And um, that said, we do play one game that is kind of punctuated real time, mm. um, which is Mustache Smash. Okay. So I don't know if you've seen that. I you have um, you got a mustache on a stick with a suction cup on it, <laughs> and your mustache is a color and a shape. And then cars are tossed out that have a picture of a mustache with a color and a shape. It might be your exact mustache, or it might be your color, or it might be your shape. And all of those are things you want. Um, So you smash down to try and get it. The catch is, if I've got a black mustache that's like like a Fu Manchu style, right? Or like a, you know, like the motorcycle uh, horseshoe is what I was thinking of. The horseshoe style. That's the better way to say it. If I had like the horseshoe style mustache and it was black and then a curly mustache comes out that's yellow, I can't take that one. And if I do, I'm going to get negative points. Ah. So it's learning what to hit, what to not. And then there are cards that just say mustache smash and everyone tries to get it. And there are ones that say mustache pass. But you get (laughs) so excited that the kids used to constantly hit those. Yeah. And now they're learning to take, you know, and in that because it's the punctuated real time and it's not like constant, it's smash a card. Okay. Smash a card. Right. right? Yeah, that's kind of what ghost splits is like too. You're flipping and then like go. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, another one that we really enjoy is Pool Party, the blue blue orange games, and it, and it's it's a dexterity one that has like a big like martini glass on a spring kind of a thing, uh-huh. and you have these little like uh you know those little like frog flipper yeah um, yeah like, pushy things that hop, hop but these are like they're little plastic things that have like swimmers at a pool party oh nice you know, illustrated nice. on them so you're using this little thing to like push it and flip them into the the glass but if the glass gets off center it dumps them. Oh, you're, trying no. to get, you're trying to get rid of yours first. Right, before so, like, I can dump them. Yeah, that kind of chaos is is super fun for my kids. Um, and, like, those logic puzzles, uh, like, the Ghost Bliss offers, too. There's um, a game uh, called Sherlock, which is, like, a deduction game oh. where you're trying to, like, uh, move around to certain spaces. And another one is, like, Pick a Paint. I think those are both by the same designer, too. This classic... Uh, 
this classic card game designer that did a bunch of games. But just like where they're like, they're sorting information, right. you know? Yep. Uh, those games, I, th I think they really enjoy that kind of puzzle. But like, all those games have like one or two things you do on a turn, and yep. that's it. Yep. So I think that's another aspect is like not overwhelming with too many rules for a kid's game. Right. And then I, I also think like um, the video game thing comes to mind where like they're really good at teaching. You can learn the game as you go. Yep. That's another good sign of a good kid's game is that you can yes. put it on the table and say, do this. Yep. Now do this. And you're teaching them as you play it. So yep. they don't have to. There's no there's no like waiting you just can get right, right. into it as yep. soon as possible. And My First Castle Panic is great for that, right? You've got your cards out, and you're able to um, say, okay, it's your turn. Here are your choices. What do you want to do? Play a card, you know? and uh, Or ask someone else for help if you'd rather do that. So, yeah, and it's... I mean, yeah, I get that. Um, I also think there's some lessons you can take from adult games in saying, like, what adult games can kids play and why? And you were saying, like, one or two choices. Sushi Go is a game we play with oh, our kids. Yeah, because my kids, too. it's set collection, right? And they'll have to ask, what does this do again? Um, but it's look at a bunch of cards, pick the one you want, and play it. It's that simple, right? Uh, and are they good at it? Not really. <laughs> like, so, but that's okay, you know? Right. They're still having fun because they're making choices. Yeah, totally. Um... I think the I think another thing that that came to mind when you were talking about the idea of feeling cool or feeling special is games where there's different roles to play. Like um, uh, the one that came to mind is is the Magic Labyrinth. Have you played the Magic Labyrinth? I've seen it a lot, but okay. I've never actually played it. It's yeah. the one with the magnets, right? Where you're moving them around. Yes. Yep. Yes, and like you have uh, like one player hides something. A yep. key. Yep. And the other players are trying to find it. Right. So my kids, like, they haven't played that game until they each get a chance to play, like, the the one who's hidden the, the thing. Right, right, because that's fun. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I'm wondering, am I mixing that up? Enchanted Tower? There's Enchanted Tower and Magic Labyrinth are two games, like, that totally are in my mind. Oh, that's the one where you're hiding looking for a key. Is, okay, is, is okay. Enchanted Tower. Magic Labyrinth is when you're trying to get through a puzzle, but it's got this, like, super duper um uh cool toy factor yeah so that's another another aspect i think like right um my youngest is seven and her favorite thing to do when she, her sister's bored and doesn't want to play with her she says dad i'm gonna go get a game just to play with yep and yep. she'll like get out some of the games that have the big chunky pieces mm -hmm. and just like you know play pretend with them our um, kids do that too yeah I, so I think that's cool, e even just to like to get them and do it to engage, like um, to have the kind of things that want to make them play with those pieces is 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 a kind of a pre gaming thing, and also it's a lot more bang for your buck. Yep. You're buying a game and you're buying a toy. Yep, Ice Cool is the one that Josiah plays with. Oh, the most, cool! Yeah, so, which I have to be honest, like I'm not a huge fan of that game. It's a good game. Mm. It's just it's not my game. Like I I don't like the big huge setup and stuff like that. Though now the kids figured out how to set it up themselves, awesome. so that's ah, great because they get it out, takes up a ton of space. They put it away when they're done. I'm happy, and like Josiah's come up with his own way to play it, and that's great. Like sure, whatever, play however you want. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Very so that's cool. uh, so I, it's funny. I got that game and we played it. and I was like, oh, this isn't really up my alley. Like when I demoed it, it just it felt like I was like, this is oh yeah. And then yeah. I played it. And I was like, yeah, it's just like I get why people love it. It's just not my style sure. as much. 
Sure. But the kids are in love with it, so yeah. that makes me really happy. Yeah, I yeah. think I think that's a uh, um, the dexterity thing. Yep, is really essential for kids who are developing fine motor skills and, and stuff like that too. So um, we play a lot of flicking games or hula hippo. Have you ever played that one? I haven't. You no. have like a wooden ring and you spin it on the table. Oh, okay. And then you each have your own little hippo discs that you're trying to like time just right to flick it towards the middle of the table. So as that ring slows down, it captures your, your hippo in the middle. Oh, nice. It was a hobba game under a different name, like about hedgehogs or something. And game right did hula hippo. Um, but it's really, really hard. Yeah, I But, bet. like, the kids love that organized chaos and, like, trying right. to, like, I, they fight over who's going to get to spin the wooden ring. You know, like, <laughs> right. just because it's, like, cool to, like, spin a coin on a table or whatever. Right, right. Um, yeah, so I, I just think, I think there's, like, with all those things, I mean, there's so many kids' games. Um, they always end up so cheap to buy, too, like, because they keep that, you know, like... Price point low. Maybe the quality's a little lower yeah. on some of them. I'm always shocked when you go to the Haba booth how cheap the games are right. and how good quality they are. Like, yeah. that always is shocking to me. I think there's something about, like, in my brain where, like, if I'm going to buy a ticket to ride or a big board game, like, 50 bucks seems reasonable because, like, I know I'm going to have that game for life. Right. If I love it. With kids' games, it feels so temporary. I feel like if they're not, like, cheaper, right. Like, I'm just like, we're not going to play this game forever. Yep. I don't like paying more than 25 30 bucks for a game that I know is just going to be for my kids. Yeah. Because it just feels silly, you know? Um, but I do constantly look for adult games that I can play with my kids. That way, they can play it, but then also, I can play it with Steph, or, you know, I know as they grow up, we'll just play it. It'll just feel different as they're yeah. older. Like, um, uh... <laughs> I wasn't yeah. going to talk about it, but Marvel United, the Kickstarter, <laughs> that is a game where, like, it is, it looks weighty enough that it'll be fun multiple plays with adults. Okay. But, like, that it's a co-op, so I can totally get my kids to do it. Like, they are real excited because it's their heroes, and they love them, and, like, you know, it's just helping each other play the right cards to beat the bad guy, you know? And so, that's a game where, like, as we, as they grow up and we play it we'll be able to, you know, make it harder and harder where they have to do more and more on their own. Uh, but we can start out working as a team. Forbidden Island is another great game for that, too. Oh, right? yeah, Where you yeah. can help each other, but then as they get older, you let them make their own choices and, you know, hope that you don't sink in the water. Right. <laughs> do, you, do you think of any, like, kids' games that you regularly bring out with adults? So there have been a few kids' games that I find super inspiring for me as a designer. Uh-huh. Uh, one of them is Tutti Fruity. Okay. Which um, we don't play it correctly, but it's a real-time game. <laughs> okay. And we don't play it in real time. We just take turns. But Tutti Fruity, it's a bunch of fruit that are really cute art. It, the art reminds me of like a walk-on-fire art. Oh, yeah. Uh, where they're, it's all fruit, but they're like you know, anthropomorphic and they're just weird looking in like a good way, not like a bad way. <laughs> um but so there's a bunch of tiles. They're all double sided, and they're like circular tokens. And you start with one, and then you have to pick up one that matches one of your sides and put it together. You're just creating a big stack. Okay. Um, and like I'm in love with that game. Mm. I think it's super fun. Tiny Park is another really good one like that. Yeah. It's a lot like a Baron Park, but it's just made for kids. It's basically yachts. oh, Tiny Park is like yeah, it's designed for kids. Yeah, it's like that's aimed at kids. Yep. Okay. It's Yahtzee, uh, but you're building a, a Tetramino Park. Okay. Um, another one that we play, uh, Hoot Owl Hoot, 
uh, by Peaceable Kingdom. I've actually solo played that on my own because <laughs> it is a really good strategy game. Really? Yeah. Like, you're just trying to get your owls back, but the choices you make are really important. And it's actually quite hard to win. I, I generally, with the kids, I take out a couple of the bad cards. So it basically guarantees that we will win the game, but it's going to be real close. <laughs> I've talked about this on the show before. <laughs> so it's always like thrilling, like, oh no, it's only one away from us losing. But then guess what? We don't ever lose because that card's not in the deck. So, right. but everybody's like, oh, will we win? And then of course we win and everybody's excited. And they're like, dad, we're always so close to losing. And I'm like, this game is so good. <laughs> yeah, that's very cool. But I've played that game and lost many times by myself because it's, it's legit you know, complex for making the, for winning, but the, the, um, the action system is incredibly simple. That's Play cool. a color, move an owl. It's that simple. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that kids table board gaming, Helena and Josh. Oh yeah. Of, like they're, they're pretty good at that making games that like, um, I don't play them all just with adults, but like they're enjoyable enough that like, right. uh, bugs on rugs. I would, cause that's a really cool card game like mm -hmm. that. Uh, Peter Hayward, yeah, Peter Hayward uh, designed, designed that. that one. Um, yeah, like and, and Animal Upon Animal is another one. Like the the stacking one. My I feel like that works. Kids hate that game. They do. They hate it. Oh man! I was like, they're gonna love this. They hate it. That's nuts. So, like, I actually put that in the back. We never play it. I'm so bummed. I was so stoked when I got it. Yeah. Cause I got the um, the mountain version or whatever. So it's like different oh, animals. Okay. Yeah. But they were like, this is the worst. It's hard though. So I mean, so maybe that's hard. a part of it. Like yeah. that's that's a fine balance with those dexterity ones. I think if it's so hard that the kids get more frustrated than they do have fun, I but, think that's a that's a thing. But we also have don't rock the boat where you're trying to like you know the boat is like sits oh, on yeah, a thing. Oh yeah, yeah. That game is way harder, and they love it uh, because it's penguin pirates like on a boat, and they think that's funny. Right. But we like the boat crashes all the time. <laughs> Bob, boom boom balloon. Have you have you done that one? No. Where like you, it's like this plastic cage that you blow a balloon up inside, and there's these sticks on three on the three legs, and you roll the dice, and you have to choose which one you're gonna like push in that number of clicks. This and this, so you're stretching the balloon, and you're like the oh, more you, you put it it's in, gonna it's, gonna, it's gonna pop on right. someone. Like uh, that kind of pressure luck. Like which should I do them evenly? Should I push in all the same stick? Like that one's a cool one with adults too. Right. Uh, oh, and uh, TikTok. What's it called? Tip lumberjack. Oh, lumberjack click, clack, lumberjack. click clack lumber lumberjack. That that game is frustrating because it takes so long to set up. That's what I was gonna say. And I I think that like the kids just like hack it down so quickly. Right. So that one actually, it, I think it presents as a kids game, but right. like is maybe a little more successful as an adult game because we have a little right. more control. Yep. Steph and I have played that game together multiple times, but I I despise playing that game with my kids because. Yeah. It's, I've spent five minutes putting it together, they smack it once, it falls apart, and like, and it's over. We play Don't Break the Ice instead. Don't Break the Ice, oh, yeah. I can set up in three minutes, and it will take a good five plus minutes for them to finish that game, so good enough. Yeah, yeah. This will take two minutes, you know what I mean? Like, it's just... Yeah, start making yeah. my kids set it up if they want to play it, um, and then I think that makes them... A little more careful when they're whacking because like right. they don't want to knock it down and, and and all that and my kids finally know how to set up don't break the ice so that's great too yeah perfect they'll play it on their own and yeah great that's one that they will pull out and play with as a toy because they like you know seeing how they can you know get get it down broken up and stuff so yeah awesome 
Uh, any other any other specifics come to mind before we kind of move on? Uh, no. Or no. any other points? Like, what do you think about card games for kids? Card games for kids are cool in the fact that they're easier to produce. They're smaller. Um, I think the the one bad thing about them is they lack that table presence many times. Yeah, that toy factor. Yeah. Isn't quite that there. said, one of the thing, one of the games my kids love the most uh, is Water Balloon Washout. Mm. My game, like just oh, yeah. cards. But they love playing that game. Uh-huh. Um, they love to take that element to it. And they're actually pretty gracious when they lose, which is surprising because, you know, like your kids are getting knocked out and, you know, washed out. Washed yeah, out. Yeah, washed out. You're not knocking people out. You better not be knocking. What are you putting in your water balloons if right. you're knocking people right. out? Um, yeah, my kids, my kids love Sleeping Queens. And, like, actually, my in-laws love it, too. Like, they play it with my kids all uh-huh. the time. That's a good one. It's a clever little game. And, um... Like a lot of those, a lot of those game right card games. I think one of the things that they do really well is because they lack the toy factor. Their artwork is always incredible. Like they, yeah. they like pay top dollar to get some really yeah. good looking games, and um, that's exciting to the kids too. Right? Yeah, Fun it is, art. and me too. I mean, like I'll grab, I'll grab one of those card games on a whim just to see if it's going to be any good. Right. Um, the physical play of that is, you know, the physical play of games too, or something that even if it's not a toy factor. Just thinking about like the physical play oh, for yeah. kids. Yeah. I was looking up, I saw Epic Monster Tea Party by Rob. Oh yeah. Um, and we've got that too, and the kids love it. Oh yeah. Because mine too. you know, like you mean they, they basically just always squish everything. Yep. Um, which doesn't help them win, but they have a good time squishing the people. Yeah, there's a story they're engaging in. Yeah. You're there's a tactile thing. Yeah, that's that's huge. And with car even like with Sleeping Queens, like you have to set up this table of cards. You're adding two cards together or playing one card. You're picking things up. You're swapping things around. I feel like if you can get some movement involved in those games, it, right. it, that's a really good design rather than just right. like me and you might be cool. Like, here, deal five cards each and do the action and put one in front of you. But like the kind of like the using engaging your whole body more, I think is a good thing with, with kids games. Right. Right. It's funny. Cause I think as adults, we can learn a lot of lessons from kids games for designing too. And uh, just recently I was talking to Isaac Shalev about a game we're working on together. And um, in, in part of the conversation, I was like, Oh yeah, I'm working on these kids games as well that I'm going to pitch to this thing. And, um, and he's like, all of a sudden it clicks and he goes, have you played this one kid's game? And I said, yeah, I have. And he's like, that mechanic is a simpler way to do what we're trying to do in our game mm. to use a version of that. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're right. <laughs> like, so, so we're trying, we, we kind of like took that and then said, how do we make this, you know, more adult? And we figured out how to make it more balanced. But like the inspiration for that was a simple mechanic from a kid's game. It was a movement mechanic. And we're like, uh. we need to figure out how to do this. So yeah, I'm just not mentioning it because I don't know if we'll use it for sure, and I don't want right. to throw it out there if we don't end up using it. Totally. Um, and then people are like, I'm confused. So, yeah. But anyways. So, all right. Well, let's, um for this last part here, we talked about maybe workshopping an idea for a kid's game. Yeah, let's do it. So, all right. So, let's start. Where do you want to start? You want to start with a, a mechanic? You want to start with a theme? Like, I feel like a theme is a great attention grabber for kids. Right. Well, uh, you, you had... um. You had a game we talked about. Okay. Uh, that you had a small kids game and then you turned it into a different game. Right. Um, what? Why don't we talk about the core mechanics for that game? Okay. Because then you have got some mechanics, right? Yeah. And then we yeah. can talk about what themes we could apply to that. Does that sound all right? 
We didn't talk about this ahead of time. Well, I mean, I've, I feel like that one is like, in my head, it's a little bit done. Okay. You know, like I've made that game. Well, let's not talk about that one then. Uh, yeah, okay, cool. Uh, good, uh, good radio. <laughs> this is what spitballing looks like. It's right, fine. Right, right, right. Um, um, so, all right, well, let's... Uh, like, what is some, like, a theme that's generic, not attached to any IP, mm-hmm. that your kids are nuts about right now? Like, is there, like, a style of movie or thing they like to do? Um, they, like, um, right now they're really into the idea of, like, good guys and bad guys. Like, okay. that's a big thing for them right now. All right. Good guys and bad guys. Um, or, to... you know, just saving the day in general. Whether saving it's the day. Whether it's Paw Patrol or whatever, like, saving the day to them, right? Like, being a good guy. Yeah. Stopping yeah. the bad guys. Like, that's very jazzy to them. Okay. So, um, so that's something they think about a lot, right? But there's not... We don't actually have a lot of kids' games like that. Mm. You know? There's, again, My First Castle Panic. That's one of the yep. hooks for that is like, oh, we're stopping the bad guys from getting to our castle. That feels cool. Yeah. So, so yeah. Okay. Cool. Is there uh I, I was trying to think... Like, also, I was try- I'm trying to tie that into, like, your, your vacation. We were talking about going on vacation. Oh, yeah, You know, yeah. and, like, the road-tripping thing? Like, yep, could yep. there be some sort of, like, um, like race against the bad guys or something like that? Or, like, you're trying to get somewhere before somebody else does? Well, even the... Even going with the road-trip theme instead, like, just, like, a general road-trip theme, right? Uh-huh. Of, like, the kids have pictures of places they want to go, right? Maybe the game board is, like, a map. Okay. Right, of the U.S., we'll say, right? Sure. Or wherever. It's the U.S., because then it's expandable to uh-huh. other places, right? Um, and you are trying to figure out the best path for your road trip, right? Okay. Um, and maybe at the beginning of the game, you get, like, a route card that says, you have to go from this place to this place. So that sounds like Ticket to Ride right now. Yep. Yep. So, okay, okay. cool. That's I've never cool. actually played Ticket to Ride. You've never played Ticket to Ride? I've never played Ticket to Ride. Okay. I have it. All right. I bought it for a dollar sealed at a garage sale. No way. Yeah. yeah. The original, the US map? Yeah, yeah. Dude, that's so, such a killer game. I know, sealed. Yeah. Uh, I opened it because I want to play it, uh, but you, I haven't yet. Yeah, it's my favorite game. I've been told game. I should get the app and that I could learn no, from no, that. No, 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 no. Play with cards. Okay. Apps are stupid. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> okay. That's because you don't have any friends. Yeah. Oh, sick burn, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because it's true. Um, no, uh, okay. So, um, what I'm if... Trying to, trying to like think about how we could make something different than Ticket to Ride because that's one of the most beloved games. And there's also My First Journey Ticket to Ride for oh, kids. Okay. And there's these two new ones that are smaller that only take 15 minutes, New York and London, which are... Uh, the whole experience in a in an abbreviated amount of time. Right. Okay. So that's bad. Okay. So uh, and also Philip DeMary Philip DeMary made one called Family Vacation, which where you're trying to get to visit different places. Oh, okay. And, uh, okay. So these games have pick been up done. souvenirs. So thanks for the road trip idea. Well, I was thinking, clear? how could we make a card like cards alone, like something that would like that would feel different, like if it was just cards, no board. What if and it's a road trip type of game or a race type of game. Somehow. Well, it could be that they're, yeah, it could be that you're racing to get somewhere, right? Uh-huh. Like maybe you're trying to save the day by getting to this place before the, the evildoers get to the place, right? Yeah. That could be cool. Yeah. And you're actually playing out cards to make your trip and maybe as you're there's, going. And maybe there's AI of the bad guy 
that mm-hmm. is racing against you. That moves a certain way or a certain time based on uh, how fast you're moving or something that happens, you know? Right, right. So maybe, um, let's make it simple. There's So there's two decks of cards, right? Okay. There's an AI deck. This is the bad guy, right? Okay. And that deck is going to flip cards over based on what you're doing, right? So based on the actions you take, it will tell you how many cards to flip over. Yeah, okay? maybe there's like a secondary little, like symbol that tells you right. how many like for every card you play like the better cards mm-hmm. that you're going to try to play have a higher number of icons which represent the number of cards you're going to flip for the ai to move right and the goal for this game could just be a mile count right okay yeah. 500 miles because sure. i would walk that far so um <laughs> all right so right so you've got 500 miles we'll say is the goal whatever and every card is going to have a plus miles on it, right? Okay. So it's going to tell you how many miles you went. Um, but it's also for the players, I think, is going to give them some bonuses or something, right? Whereas for the AI, it's just going to be, um, hey, play this many cards from the AI deck. And those are going to be miles. And once that hits 500 miles, then the AI has beat you there, right? If they get there first. Yep, yep. Um so, uh, and there could be cards that would allow you to push the AI back by removing a card, for instance. Oh, um, okay. You know, where you, like, stall them out or something. Uh-huh. Have you played Millborns? No. There's some of that in Millborns. Literally never even heard of that. Yeah, Millborns is a classic Parker Brothers game that was originally called something. Really well, simple, like Cars. We can definitely rip off Millborns. Yeah. Because that's old. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's still produced, and people love it. It's like a, one of those classic family games I think has been around forever, okay. but that's that's okay. There, there's things in there like you throw a road hazard on somebody to pops their tire and they lose they lose two, and you're trying to play cards to get to a certain mileage. So this is oh. hard because I feel like you're you're describing. Okay, well, I, keep, you, I don't mean to shoot you down. I, I feel like it'd things. be helpful if you would help me describe I'm something. Tr- I'm that trying. Wasn't... You're just going for it. Um, I I like the AI. They were racing to a certain thing. I like that we're playing things to move our journey forward. Uh, I think that we should come up with something to link it together, another, like, opposing force that is, like, in your, like, or a simple thing that would appeal to kids. Like, in Sleeping Queens, there's an addition thing, where, like, you can play one card, or you can play two cards that add up, or that are the same, or you can do a math problem. That's the clever little thing, like, I play a three and a two, and a five because two plus three equals five. Right. You know, right. so like you can pl- you have a hand of cards, right? And you're gonna play cards, uh, the ones that are gonna make you go further. May- maybe the different the different types of cards do different things. If you play a single card, that's how many miles you go. Uh-huh. If you play a pair, it does something else. If you play um, a run of three, then it does something else. So then you're teaching like matching set collection, and you're giving them choices, right? You can, right. Of like, what do you want to do on your turn? Um, yeah, so what are some things, if we're, if we're going with a mileage idea, I, fe- I feel like if we add some twists like that, like, it's diverging enough from Millborns, especially right. if, the, if there's an AI deck that we're trying to beat. Are we working together, like, to fuel the same race, or are we all racing against this bad thing? No, I thought, because if you race all racing against together, then you don't need the bad you thing. You don't need the bad thing, yeah. So, I think that, yeah, I, one one idea would be that we could have it to where when you put down a card, 
there are actually like legit roads on said card, right? Oh yeah. And then you're playing roads to make you know to make your progress, right? So it's not like yeah. I'm just playing a. So when you were talking about the math problem, what I was thinking was like maybe each road has like a connection range, right? Like. So uh, the road down the middle, which is the best road, right? Because you're trying to get to a certain point. Yeah. Um, would have say a like uh, a five only. Like you have to play a five there, right? So you could play a five, or you could play like two and a three, right? But I do like the way you suggested it with like being able to play like pairs and a run. I like that. Yeah. So also when you mentioned the roads, what if? the cards have a number and a road and you can also either play that card as a road or discard it to fuel your journey like you have to build the you have to map out the journey and get to the end of it before the other thing and if you discard a card to move forward um then you flip the uh, card for the ai and if you are moving forward Maybe, like, whatever you play, like, you flip the cards for the AI, and there's a sort of competition to decide who gets to go. Like, you want to play a strong pair or a high card um, or a big set or something like that, and the, the sum of your cards is going to determine whoever gets to move. But you're all on the same team. Or do you mean you or like the you AI? You and the AI. Oh, like okay. If, if you're building the road, you're just building the road, and the AI gets to move one. Uh-huh. Right? And then if you are deciding to move down the road, then you have to compete against the AI. And maybe there's a way for the other players to help you. Like, if you didn't quite beat it, they can, like, add a card to beat it. Okay. Like, if I play three of it, I have to play three, a run of three. Right. right, and that whatever the sum is, so there's some math, simple math for kids, uh-huh. um, has to be higher than whatever three cards I reveal from the AI. Mm-hmm. Right, and I might be short. Each player has a chance to maybe add one card, um, but then they'll be short for their next turn. They don't get to draw till the end of their turn. Right. Okay. Yeah, that could work. Just thinking about how the building works out, and how the um, yeah, yeah. So so yeah. Let's think about that. So why like what's going to make you choose building the road? The road has to get to a certain distance, right? Right. And maybe there's a, a mileage range, like you like you mentioned about how far well, that card represents. Right. And those could be your what is it like your your lower cards could be further to travel your higher cards are shorter to travel so something like that another way to look at it would be that just to simple say the ai is going to move every turn one card forward right no matter what you do yeah the ai is going to move every turn one card forward um maybe until you get to a certain point and then it's going to start to move faster something can trigger it to move faster okay but what if you had some resources Right? So you basically have a card that says food, a card that says gas or fuel, and a card that says something else, right? Uh huh. And when you play, for instance, a run of three cards, you then get to take those cards and just put them face down under each, under the sections you choose, right? 
Um, so you need those resources to continue on your journey, right? So, like, this is what I'm thinking. So the best roads, right, the roads that take you the furthest amount of miles are going to have some sort of required difficulty, whether it's you're going to need to have this equipment or you're going to need to have this extra food or this extra gas, right, to get through this region, right? Okay. So... Basically, you're using the cards, the sets, to build up resources and then using the resources to get through the cards. And you could have, I know we said cards only, but we could have um, a little um, thing for you, right? Like a little meeple or something, your little car that yeah. you're moving along. Okay. That way, so I can play as many cards as I want. I can make our whole road, but... I can't drive it without the resources that I need to drive it. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, yeah. What I'm picturing is that like that road card has a certain resource you need to move. Right. On it. Yeah. Like you, to move through it. Yeah. Um, so that way you are playing card. You're choosing which road card to play down based on the, the resources you see like your teammate, your other teammate might have available. Like I need food to get past this one, and I see that you're to the left of me, and you already have stocked up food. Right. So you, on your next turn, can move past that. Right. Um, so it's a sense of like, okay, if I want to play, uh, if I need gas, I need to play a run of three cards to right. get one gas, and once. Um, the next one, we're out of gas because we've went a certain you know, number right, of cards. Right. So I'm going to choose to play down um, either resources to help me in the future, or I'm going to play a part of the road, which I think somebody else right. can help move us past. Or there are going to be times when you're going to be like, I can't play anything but a road, so I'm going to play a road. Right. Right. And it might not be great. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I think there's something there. And I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, I think that that, see, you got the resource management, you got the matching, you got the planning to like build the right. road. Right. Um, the AI still feels like it's not doing anything yet to me, if that's the situation, unless it's just moving and you're racing it towards a certain place. Right. You know? Um, well, the AI frankly could be a, a, just a car on your roads and yeah. a deck and the deck when you're flipping, it's giving the AI resources to use. But the resources maybe the AI gets are only for that turn, right? So flip it over. Okay, the AI has two gas, so I can move through. You know what I mean? There's, I think there's a way to make it work. Or it could just be like they're going to either move one, two, or three road spaces on their turn. Right, and that's you flip fair. the card, yeah. and they move. Um, right, well, or it could just be a mile thing. Like they can move up to this many miles this turn. So if the card in front of them is that many miles or less, they're going to move through it. Yeah. But if not, then they're not going to. So that gives you a reason to want to play higher mileage cards, but those higher mileage cards, again, require you more resources to get through. So it becomes that balance of, do mm -hmm. I want to play a 10, a 100-mile card here because I know it's going to be hard for the AI to get through it? Because what you can actually do is, I flip a card over for the AI, it says 20 miles, right? Yep. Well, this is 100 miles, so it can get through it. But that card stays there. Oh, and once it gets to Next, 100 well, cards, yeah, then it boom, it automatically goes. Yeah. yeah. Actually, that, that would probably work pretty well. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. So you can actually, playing those harder cards will make it harder for you, but she'll also slow down the AI. Um, and if you can get the right resources, so yeah, there's a whole balance that would have to be made to this, but yeah. I, I think it's doable. And you're in, I think that the, 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 the co-op aspect of being able to see what resources the other people have 
Yeah. Like, it's kind of be like, oh, hey, I've got some money for gas. And they're like, oh, I packed us peanut butter sandwiches. Right. Like, you know, so we can, this is like a quicker, a quick little jaunt. We we don't. I have a nut allergy. Now I'm dying in the car. That's not good. (laughs) Yeah, well, we don't have to stop now because we've eaten. So we get to keep going. We need to pee. That kind of a thing. Um, Yeah. I I brought empty bottles. I think food, fuel, um, what's another resource that would, like a third resource that would make sense? Oh, like good music? No, that's dumb. Like, what? You're dumb. Like, I don't want to... If I got good music, I can drive forever. That sounds like you, yeah. <laughs> I was trying to think of another F, like, fu- food, fuel, and fix. Like, fix it. Like, you know, like, for being able to fix problems, right? Or, you have to, like, maintain food, its maintenance. Food, fool. Fool? You're a fool. Since you called Food, <laughs> fuel, and fun. Okay. So the fun is like what can keep you driving you longer. Know. Yeah. Yeah. And then it could just be like you're not really racing against a bad guy. You're racing against like a rival family or something. You know. Yeah, you're because trying to beat. You're trying to. Uh, you and your best friends are. You're going on vacation together, and you're trying. Boom! To beat I know you said no IP, but Cannonball Run. Slap it out. <laughs> nice. No, that's fun. I think. Uh, I think there's a thing there. Does it seem like, okay, so is there those elements that we talked about earlier, like, in in there? Is it simple choices? Yep. You don't give the kids a lot of cards. Right. You have simple and, choices. And it's, so it's either, like, stocking it, up on your fuel yep. or playing a road card. Yep. And when do, you, when do we move, though? Do we just move? I think we move whenever we have enough. We can deci- Somebody can decide to move on oh, their turn. Maybe though, there's three. Th- maybe it's you can yeah. stock your resources, you can add to the road, or you can move Yeah. on yep. your turn. Yep. And then after every round... The AI flips a card. Or after every turn does the AI flip a card. I think every turn. It's yeah. just maybe a part of the rhythm. Yeah. And you like, just you do the a AI thing, like, the AI does a yeah. thing. And you you just, do the thing. You just give the AI lower numbered cards, right? Yeah, so, you know? and, and a few really big ones that give you those, yeah. like, 100, oh, no. you get 100 miles, so you just go. Yeah, and now it's going to jump through two cards, yeah. and you're like, oh, no. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And every time they move, those cards go away, and they start again. Yep. To meet the next threshold. Yep. I like that yeah. AI system. That actually sounds fun. So. Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. And it's simple. Like, yeah. I do a thing, the AI does a thing. And my thing is based on looking around the table at what other people have. Yep. And you could. it's a game where to make it easier for kids, you could play cards face up. So you, like, you basically, I have my cards in front of me. I don't even have to hold them in my hand, so they're secret. I mean, there's, you're saying there's options, right? Yeah. If you play with adults, you should probably keep the cards up. But when you're playing with kids, you lay the cards out so that I can see, like, oh... Hey, you know, Jason, you're bad at playing, so let me teach you how to help. You know, <laughs> it allows you to help quarterback with your kids a little when they're struggling, right? Right, right. <clears throat> Provide some insight. Sure. So, yeah. So it's called 500 Miles of Fuel, Fun, and Food, or just 500 Miles. Or something you like fool. That. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a, I think there's a, there's something there. It's pretty cute. Cool. All right. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. Uh, we're going to do the end of the show part now. Here it comes. You ready? Ready? Here it comes. If you want to get in touch with us, you can go to buildingthegaypodcast.com. You can email us at buildingthegaypodcast at gmail.com. Call us at 770-TELL-BTG. Uh, or you can find us on the Twitter at podcastbtg, at J.A. Slingerland, at Jason Gutarski, or at Green Couch Games. 
and find us on the Facebook, like us on the iTunes and all those other places. And that is all for this today. And good night. Good night. Building the game with Jason and friends. With Jason and friends. Building the game. Building the game with Jason and friends. With Jason and friends. Dial 770 Hotel BGG. Please don't use the email.